Has anybody froze? Has anybody seen snow today? Yes. Yeah. Did you say you did, Pastor Will? You saw snow? Yes, at the cemetery. Okay. We um, found out last week that um, the Gospel of John is quite different from the other Gospels. In fact, if you just read a little of it, you find out it is right off as far as mention uh, the birth of Jesus and all, it's not, it's not there. And uh, I had made comments about this was particularly uh, a gospel that I could not um, speak as much from, but yet uh, I think Pastor Will's right when it's his favorite because there are so many scriptures that we find as we read it that we hear preachers use all the time. They're just, you could go through here and just pick out different verses that you've heard over and over again and probably even memorized yourself. Uh, has everybody got chapter 10? Okay. Several years ago when I was teaching Sunday school, uh, the class uh, had about 15 people in it and then it went one Sunday and there were two people. And the two didn't even go there to church all the time. Uh, they went to a Baptist church, but they came there to Sunday school. And uh, I said, well, do y'all want to uh, just not have class and do something else? And the man correct, corrected me by saying, you're the same as telling us that we're not important today. So I'm telling you that if we have seven or eight or if we have uh, 35 or 40, everyone's important. Everyone's important. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for those that have come because we know they're here to learn more about you. And they do hunger and thirst for righteousness. Our desire is to know you better and not only know you, but know what you require of us. We pray, Lord, that you'll help us today to hear your word, take it home with us, and live by it. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. We learned last week that uh, John stayed busy in his writing of the gospel. His records tell about who Jesus was and how Jesus was busy, introduced himself to everyone or some people, select people, and some of them accepted him and some didn't. Isn't that the way it is today? Not everyone is gonna believe in Jesus Christ. And um, it's God's desire that we all do, but it's it, that all would come to repentance, but it's not gonna happen. Why? Because God is a God of choice, and um, he desires for everyone to have that choice. We choose to serve uh, him or we choose not to. And uh, that's why sometimes I, I think that 
different people will try to force you into serving God, but that has to come through the Holy Spirit's conviction and also um, with uh, wanting to know Jesus Christ personally and also serving him because we choose to. Well, there's a smiley face back there on the back. Let's see that smile again, Nick. <laughs> Welcome. That's right. So, um, last week, again, Jesus was introducing himself as um, the light of the world. Uh, a light that had come during a time of severe darkness. We could probably compare that to today, too that Jesus is the light of the world. Now, you that are on the back back there, y'all gonna have to look at, that got you woke up. No, uh, y'all gonna have to, when you say amen, it'll have to be a little louder, because we can't hear it up here. Okay, okay. The, um, again, Jesus found out that some of them believed and some didn't. And the, the way that he was introducing himself to the different people he came in contact with, some was by miracles. You know, they saw Jesus performing a miracle. And uh, we studied at one time about, I may watch this video that everybody's watching. There's the deer. Or, that's, it's a, I know, every, everybody down here is going. <laughs> I'm looking back here now. Lord, help us get started. So, um, not only did Jesus tell the people or show them by the miracles he performed, because no one, unless they were God's son, could do the things he did. So it was easy sometimes to figure that out. If you saw a blind man and all of a sudden he could see, then that surely is the son of God. But, um, or he surely is the son of God. But Jesus also just uh, used words to tell them. He used illustrations. And as we start out this 10th verse, we, we find that that's what he is using and trying to get across to the people who he is. Now, the last chapter, we talked about how he is the, um, uh, the light of the world. And in this chapter, he's going to introduce himself as uh, the good shepherd. You know, um, when I was very young, we sold pictures, religious pictures, and they had plastic frames to them and no glass on them and everything way back. And uh, if we sold so many, we got a Bible. Well, I still have my Bible at home. and. Uh, for you had to sell so many and that was it. Well, the one that sold the most, the picture, uh, or the picture that sold the most was what, would you think? The Good Shepherd. You know, it was showing Jesus. All of you had one or seen one sometime, Jesus holding the lamb. And there was something about that one that we could see him knocking at the door and all of that just didn't do it, like seeing the gentleness of him holding the lamb of the good shepherd doing that. So today, Jesus will compare himself to the, a good shepherd who takes care of the sheep. Uh, I've had an odd week, 
And uh, like I said, some of you, I lost a tooth. The furnace tore up. I had a fall, and I don't know what else happened. I've done forgot them, I guess. But I, I had already read this, and you know, when I got to the place where it talks about how that he takes care of his sheep, it says because he cares for them. And I got to thinking even then, you know, even if your, Nisi, this sounds like you, even if your furnace tore up, we still have to know that God loves us and he'll take care of us, right? All of you could say that. At some point in time, I've heard you make a comment about how something happened that shouldn't have happened. And instead of getting all upset, you realize that God would take care of the problem. Uh, one of my favorite stories on Anthony, and by the way, Anthony's my son that I haven't seen in a while. And uh, no, I saw him at Easter. And, um, but anyway, uh, when he was four years old, we were invited to go to the Colonial Heights Baptist Church to see the Jesus story. Sylvia, you remember that? How many of you remember going there? They had to go to the fairgrounds after a while. It got so big, and they had live animals. I mean, they even brought, was it camel, into the sanctuary. And uh, so uh, we had been invited to go, or you got tickets and everything, and we went, and we're back in the back, and it's about time for Jesus to make his introduction. And so Anthony and I are on the end of the pew so we can get out. And all of a sudden, uh, the character of Jesus comes in. And the, the person portraying Jesus, of course, has a beard. He's playing this for a long time. But he's also holding um, a live um, lamb. And I'm about to get excited thinking about it now, but we were sitting there and all of a sudden Anthony started hollering out, Mom, it's him, it's him, it's really him, you know. Well, nobody was calling out like that at the, uh, when Jesus was trying to pass through then saying, that's him. You know, they, they didn't want to recognize him. Some of them didn't, even though they maybe thought he was. But I'll never forget that, because, but still, I will tell you the rest of it. This was the sad part. When they got to the crucifixion, Anthony got so upset, I had to take him out. And I think sometimes you have to watch how that's portrayed when you've got very small children, you know, with how you explain it to them. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, he did. He said, it's him. It's him, Mom. It's really him. But again, all these people, Jesus was trying to let them know by his actions his miracles and his words, who he really was, that he was God's son. He wasn't just like a prophet that had passed through sooner or people professing to be something that they were not. He was the real thing. And I guess because Anthony thought that the lamb was real, that he thought the rest of it is, I mean, it's real. But um, sometimes I say I just need more Anthony stories because your children do teach you a lot if you listen. Verse one, most assuredly, I say to you, now uh, we wanna notice two things before we read this verse, because it's gonna help us as we read those first verses. If you see he, and it is a, uh, it's not a capital, 
you know that they're not talking about Jesus or God, okay? Because it will be capitalized. And I, I think all the translations are like that. Maybe I'm wrong. And uh, to, when I was reading this, it made it a little easier for me to understand who was doing what because of, of uh, whether it said that it was a capital he, and I knew then that it was Jesus who was doing the action. He writes, or John writes, most assuredly, I say to you, in other words, he was saying, I'll tell you the truth. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, now again, that he is a small letter. What do we call that in school? There's capital and lowercase and uppercase? Okay, so uh, I say to you, he, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. I circled the words, climbs up some other way. What did Jesus say some other time he, about himself? Did he say he was what? He's the way the truth, and the life. And here it says, or at, some of them climbed up another way. Well, that other way is not coming through the door, which Jesus says in this same scripture that he is the door. He said, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Now, this was what was confusing to me. You've got, they're talking about um, the robber and the thieves who's coming in another way. You're talking about the doorkeeper being at the door and yet the shepherd coming and approaching the doorkeeper. You've already got three or four characters there. But it says the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. They didn't hear the doorkeeper's voice, they heard the shepherd's voice. And he calls his own, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. The one coming to the door is the real shepherd because his sheep recognize his voice. He calls out to them and he calls them by name and then he, call, he leads them out. Okay, you're getting all this. She thinks I'm struggling with it, it's what she does. <laughs> but you know what got me down here was when it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now this is the part I do understand, verse six. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. You know, I felt that same way when I read these first verses. And I think even trying to explain it, I got even more confused as to who's what. 
But it said that even Jesus using this illustration, and they didn't even know what he was talking about. So, yet they will by no means follow a stranger. Okay, verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they, who are the Pharisees, have not named them yet, did not understand the things which he spoke to them. So Jesus tried it again. He said, then Jesus said to them again, I'll tell you the truth, or most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now that's saying it where you understand it. He's, he's telling them who he is, giving them a sample of who he is. Now some translations will see, I say to you, I am the gate. And a lot of times we, we read those about the gate. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. In other words, I'm Jesus, I'm God's son. All those that have come before me, that if they have claimed to be God's son, they're not. And he says uh, the sheep didn't even hear him. Why? Because the sheep didn't know him. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he shall be saved. I know you've heard that over and over again. The way to enter the kingdom of God is by believing in Jesus Christ. Remember uh, verse 35 here that we had last week when Jesus heard that they had cast the man out of the synagogue he said to the man, the blind man that was now seen, he said, do you believe in the Son of God? And then uh, he said, he replied, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. That's how we enter God's kingdom, or the sheepfold. My mother used to kid me because I would talk uh, when I pastored a church about the sheep. That was the people in the church. And she'd call sometime and she'd say, well, you haven't called me lately. Has any of your sheep been sick? And, uh, you know, we didn't call them by name, but I'd say, yeah, there's been two or three this week. But he said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The way to go to the kingdom of God or to be in the kingdom of God is to go through the door, which is Jesus Christ, and uh, we will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. See, the sheep was the sheep. Sheeps. The deer. It's hard to talk about sheep when you've got this. What is that? Is that a deer wheel? I mean, where's Jimmy? <laughs> I've got competition today. <laughs> but, uh, have you got any sheep up there? Huh? No, that's right. You're a sheep, that's right. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, again, this is Jesus saying, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Means even get more than you need. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. See, when he is talking 
and using terms that they are used to hearing, they get the message, they understand it. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming. He leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Y'all get that? Yeah, we've got uh, the hireling, which is someone that's hired to watch the sheep, getting paid to do the job, but he's not the shepherd. And uh, so he does not own even the sheep. He just sees a wolf coming. He knows that um, that is coming to destroy probably him and also the sheep. So he leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. That's the verse that I compared to or pointed to a while ago. The reason why he is not good like the shepherd, the shepherd cares for the sheep. But it says the hireling does not care about the sheep. If people don't care about you, they're not going to help you in any way. But you know one thing about it, we do know when it seems that everyone has forsaken us and there's no one that really cares, we need to understand that the Good Shepherd does. Just like he cares for the sheep, uh, God cares for us. As the Father knows me, even I know the Father and lay down my life for the sheep. You know what he's referring to there, laying down his life. He's already pointing uh, to the cross and to him being crucified. But he's also saying that it's because I care that I'm doing this. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. I think that all this is referring also to unity among God's people. Uh, I just, my whole life I have uh, believed that in the family of God, believe in the church, God's church, and that we're all one body. Uh, the Bible teaches that and when we have a separation or we cause division ourselves, which I told you last week, that's a word I don't like, um, we're not uh, staying together and we are not um, in unity like we are supposed to be. Other sheep I've had which are not of this foe. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of myself. I'm going to talk about Anthony again, but Anthony uh, was a donor for, uh, I'm talking your language now, for uh, bone marrow. And uh, so uh, I, I think I told you last week about it, how he went to a party 
and he said he went to meet girls and get cookies. But he also uh, had them to check him to be, and he signed up to be a, 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 not an organ donor, but a, what did I say, blood marrow. Called him the next day to tell him that he was chosen, that the little boy was five years old, and that was all that they would tell us. And it went on forever and ever and ever having different samples taken at different times, coming out of school to do it and all this. So one day he called and he said, Mom, uh, he said, now they want me to do it again. He did it the first time, but we never heard what happened. But he said, they want me to do it again, but they want me to use a new method that has not been tried out. And he said, I feel like Jesus in the garden. Well, what he was saying was, I don't want to do it. You know, I'm afraid, but I'm going to. Well, the thing here is, I think what this scripture is saying to us, uh, if I haven't lost it again, no one, okay, of 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that it, I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. That was what, to me, Anthony was saying. And that's what Jesus was saying in the garden. Lord, I don't want to do this, you know, but I will. When he said, thy will be done. And this was the same thing in describing Jesus as the good shepherd. He was already predicting his um, death, but he's saying, I'm doing it not because I want to, but because I care for the sheep or I care for the world. Here's our word, that 19, therefore there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You know, he had already, they had witnessed him healing the man that was blind from birth. Now, it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. In other words, you've already seen miracles but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep as I said to you my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish or die neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand for God who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. This verse of scripture is very controversial. 
for different denominations, you know. And I'm sure if we were to poll the crowd, we would have a variety of explanations. Uh, and so, therefore, not to start a discussion, but uh, I think I'm right on this. There are those who believe in some denominations that uh, there's no way that you'll ever be taken from God, or we can change that relationship. And some people use it, uh, they say, eternal security. Because what he is saying, he says, my father who has given them to me, it's greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. There are others who believe that, and they call it backsliding. That once you can have a relationship with God and at other times, that be gone. And that you are separated because of sin in your life. Those things that you have chosen to do, it's willful transgression. You know something's wrong, you do it anyway. I mean, whether it's having an affair or whatever it is, that you know, you know that what you have done is against God's plan for your life. So you have the choice. You ask him to forgive you and to help you not do the things or you just go on and let it go with that. Um, my belief, uh, and I know it differs from some of you, but there were times that, many times, that years that I was away from the church, and I called that away from God. Did someone snatch me out of his hands? No, I don't think they did. I think I chose to get out because it was some of the decisions that I made that made me go in a different direction. I had been licensed uh, in a church, another denomination, for several years. I had never pastored at that time, but I had filled in for seven or eight churches in three, three uh, counties. But, uh, when we find ourselves doing some of the things that at some time we told others they were not supposed to do, uh, you think, how did I get here? But the main thing is not how we got there, it's how we get out of there and we go back to saying, God, forgive me. I'm sure all of us have missed the boat at times. All of us have gone another direction when we should have been following the shepherd. You know, it said here that he led them and we're supposed to be following in his direction. And evidently we followed something else, you know. But um, uh, again, uh, I'm sure some of you disagree with some of that. And, and uh, with when we're talking about um, as far as always serving God, or then having a little break in there, or you know, whatever. But uh, in this, but um, the last church I pastored, we had 10 different denominations, and you know, we still loved each other. We did, because we realized that everybody uh, has the right to study the Word of God and let the Holy Spirit lead them. 
And that doesn't mean I love you any more or I love you any less. We are still that sheep of one fold. And um, what, what did it say a while ago? One fold and, you know, you shouldn't volunteer to do this if you can't read or see, you know. <laughs> Y'all agree on that? <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you the other thing. I broke my glasses too. So I broke my glasses, lost half my teeth. <laughs> Furnace went off. And other than that, it's all right, because uh, the good shepherd's taking care of me. We got here. I'm finding the verse. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Have you ever noticed the different reactions, no matter what group he's talking to and trying to explain to them that God is his heavenly Father and he's God's Son, then they still want to uh, not believe or everybody's different here as to what they believe and what they don't. The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy and because you being a man make yourself God. If you were to define uh, blasphemy, the way I always described it is calling something that is of God of the devil giving credit to the wrong one. Uh, that's why I've always been very careful even to be in different kinds of worship service to point out at something and say that shouldn't be done or this or that. You know, I don't want to be guilty someday of calling something that's of God of the devil. We're giving the credit to the wrong people or to the wrong God. Well, the wrong one. They can't seem to agree. Here they are again and said they decided then that they'd just stone him. And Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? You know, you've about got from me today about two times for every verse. If you notice that, by the time I find my place, I've read it again. The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone, yet for blasphemy. Because you, being a man, in other words, they're saying Jesus is a man, you make yourself God by what you're saying and what you're doing. In other words, they did not believe that he was the Son of God. And Jesus answered them, It is not written in your law, I said, You are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken, do you say of him who the Father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blaspheming because I am the Son of God. If I do, if I not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. I wanted to skip on down here to verse 
42 because I want to read something else. And many believed in him there. Okay, let's go back up to 40. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, no miracles, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true. All the things that John spoke about Jesus was true. And many believed in him there. You may be in a certain place and have an opportunity to tell people your testimony, and you may um, not be able to get anybody to believe in Jesus Christ. It's almost like fishing, isn't it? So you fish on the other side or you go somewhere else. And this is what Jesus did. He left the group that was going to stone him. But then he went on. And he went where John was baptizing. And there were people there that had been taught that Jesus would be coming and that he would follow John. And he wouldn't even be able to loosen his sandals, uh, John said, he wouldn't be worthy. And it said many believed in him. I like that verse a lot better where you read those about unbelief. You know, there's a scripture that says he did not many mighty works because of their unbelief. Have you ever stopped to think what all Jesus could do or God could do through this ministry if we believed more, if we trusted him more and we put him first in our lives? Uh, I'm going to read what I thought about um, as soon as I read this. It may have been better for me to have read the 23rd Psalm before I read it. But one thing you will notice when we read the 23rd Psalm, it's very simple in understanding it. And you will see that as David gives his testimony, the 23rd Psalm, David was a shepherd. And yet, when David gives his testimony, he is saying the same things that we find is a description of a shepherd in John's Gospel. Let's see what I got there. Terry, can you hand, hand me the King James there? Thank you. No, it's the one on top, I think. No, uh, that one. <laughs> okay, thanks. Anytime the 23rd Psalm is read, it's usually the King James Version. And you know why? because that's the way we memorized it. A lot of the churches now in the children's departments, they don't memorize scripture. And I think the reason they don't is they're using so many different translations. You know, you may have one child bring one kind and one something else, but I think they need to agree on one and then they can have the memory work. Again, two things that I learned or memorized was the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer. And uh, I have used the 23rd Psalm many times to help me through a procedure at the hospital or to help me get a tooth filled or something. Uh, 
when I was getting ready for the transplant, they did a CAT scan and I remember it was, this one was really long and the, the only person at Vanderbilt that didn't treat me nice. But uh, she said, uh, you have to go through this because if you don't, uh, there'll be no transplant. So the first thing I thought of, Lord, you've got to help me through this because I've got to get a transplant, I'm gonna die. And uh, so when we started in, I, re I asked her for a cold rag for my face and I started going in my mind over the Lord's, the, not the Lord's prayer. I, if it had been much longer, we'd have got that too, but the 23rd Psalm. It's got everything in it we need from every problem we have. And that's how come that it's probably almost every funeral, the family will say their favorite verse was the 20, or scripture was the 23rd Psalm. And uh, as we read it, then we know why, because it really brings up everything that we could be struggling with and how that good shepherd that David talks about is there to help us. And it's not in the New Testament, Regina. Let me go back over here. How many of you memorized it? I didn't say how many of you know it now, but how many memorized it? We did, about everybody did. And uh, it's those scriptures that we take with us that we can, if we memorize something, then we can do it. And that's why most of the time, some of us that are older, that if we quote scripture, it will be from probably the King James Version because at that age, that's what we were reading. Uh, I usually read from the New King James and it's almost the same. And uh, so I can pretty well get some of that. I'll never forget one time uh, one of the pulpits that I was in, I always had the Lord's Prayer taped on it. Because you can start doing, believe me, you can start leading the Lord's Prayer for the congregation and maybe start off with the 23rd Psalm. I didn't do it in church one time, but I did it at uh, bedside of someone that was going to be with the Lord. Of course, evidently, it was meant to hear that at that time or that wouldn't have happened. David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd. Most of the time when we hear this, we think of by him using the word my in front of shepherd is in other words, he is in a close relationship with God, a personal relationship. You may know of somebody but if you know them, you know uh, it's more of a close relationship. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. We've already talked about how the shepherd leads the sheep. When we don't allow God to lead us, then we end up in trouble because we'll find ourselves places we shouldn't be. He restoreth my soul. My favorite chapter would be the 51st Psalm. And uh, 
after staying away from the church, I remember the time that I went back to the pulpit and I spoke on God's restoring grace. Restoring. And every time I see it in the word of God, the word restore, you know, I think, well, if this means more than an old piece of furniture fixed up and renewed. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that this number have come because there is a desire for us to please you, to know more about you, and to always believe in you, knowing that you are our Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, that you will go with us as we leave this place today, and may we take what we have learned with us. May we fully recognize the fact that you are the good shepherd in our lives. You lead us, you guide us, you protect us, and you provide us with everything we need. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.